wake up. Wipe the crust from your eyes. It's time for C1 in the morning. Bow, bow. Good morning. Rise and shine. You are listening to see one in the morning. Your midweek disc golf morning show. How are you guys? How how are you, Derek? I'm tired, man. Dude, I feel that. I feel that. You know what tired. I'm also tired of? People not going to our social medias, Twitter at C1 in the morning, Instagram at C1 in the morning. I'm tired of them not clicking through to the link in the description. Facebook. That link will send you to all of our sites, including our Facebook, facebook.com backslash C1 in the morning, but also our speak pipe. Now, I know you're probably sick of hearing about this. I, I've proposed that you don't know what that is several weeks in a row now. I think you know what that is now. I think that you're just not going to it. You don't want to communicate with the show. You don't want to talk to us. What did we do to you? We suck. What did we ever <laughs> do to you? We suck. Anyways, go to SpeakPipe. That's where you can commu- communicate with the show. Ask us questions, debate us, do whatever you want to do. Say anything you want to say. You could sing us a ballad. You could lay down a funky freestyle. Funky? What the fuck am I talking about? Funky freestyle. Who says that? You, bro. <laughs> you. <clears throat> you. Anyways, go there. We'll play it live on the air. I feel like I'm... Do I look loud? Look at that. Do I seem loud to you? Maybe a bit. Maybe a bit. I see loud to you guys. I know you, you won't be able to communicate unless you go on SpeakPipe. <laughs> that's, that's a bit better. That was like hello guys level cringy. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's been a long... It's Monday. It's you know, actually Wednesday. All I'm going to say is shout out to, to the hello guys. Like You you for for sure can reach out to the us at this point for for some some spicy ads. Um, just saying. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll lay down some funky freestyles for you. Oh, God. God, I hate myself. I really do. You should. <laughs> so, champions come back. You know who doesn't hate himself? Isaac Robinson? Isaac fucking Robinson, bro. And you want to know what I will say? Okay. Is his experience last year in the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship going head-to-head with Ricky Wazaki mm-hmm. for sure gave him just that added bit of like confidence going into this weekend because he's been there like he's been in the high stress like big risk big reward but the problem was is that he really didn't have much risk the entire weekend because he just stayed so incredibly consistent yeah and i was gonna actually be one of my points i know this is a new major so it's i mean it's not as prestigious as the other ones i found this tournament boring yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't call it boring i think the biggest thing that i found was in the situation we were in it because it's always makes for better live disc golf when you obviously are like the it's fighting like for instance the the chase card wins we've seen this season have been incredible disc golf to watch like live like you're like oh man like this is this is good that like the intensity's there, the the stress is there. Yeah. You're like you're itching for it. This one, it was just like there was no stakes. After day one FPO, I think everybody was kind of like, nah, okay. It was a it was a lock that Tristan was gonna win anyway. Correct. It does it wasn't necessarily a lock that she was gonna win by fourteen fucking strokes. 
to the point where like literally the broadcast is going, well, we're going to pay attention to the race for second place. I don't give a shit about second place. Yeah, it's almost like the coverage focused off of the leaders a yeah. little bit. They're like, oh, okay, cool, we're going to cut and try to keep the attention. Because there was no race. more drama. So it's yeah. like they got to create drama with the second place. But like, You still had some drama in the MPO going into day two. Some. Because some. you had at least like in MPO, it could be a four to six, seven stroke lead, especially day two in a four-day tournament. Oh, yeah. And you could see something incredibly terrible happen to somebody and something amazing happened to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you still had some drama, but after day two, the same thing happened in MPO. You're yeah. kind of like, okay, cool. Like Isaac Robinson is not going to lose. Unless like, he just has a catastrophic failure, Like he's going to be the champion. I think for that particular major, it would make it hella more interesting and probably even more challenging for the players to not play the exact same course layout four days in a row. Because like, by day three, <clears throat> you dot, you're dialed. Yeah. Like, you know what to throw. You know how hard to throw it. You know where you're going to land. You know how the putt's going to go. All of those things, it's all dialed by day. And, you know, midway through day two or even end of day one for a lot of the super oh, high-tier sure. players. So I think that probably played a bigger factor. Like, if you could mix in, like, a second course with WR Jackson right. for that, like, champion Yeah, something stuff, that's a little that'd bit. That'd be sick. Uh, keep it wooded. I like the wooded feel to it because I've always said that I like wooded golf more. This was odd year. Like it seemed like WR Jackson played softer. Well, they than made in some past. changes. Like eighteen, I know they changed. It's a new eighteen. They shortened it to a par four instead of a par five. They made like room for the um. Jesus, I know what you're talking about. They made room for like the grandstands, yeah, and things like that. And I could appreciate that because, especially like being somebody that would not necessarily be playing in a major, but for sure have every interest in going to watch one. Right. It would be dope to be sitting in the grandstands at eighteen when there's some big, cool, you know, maybe it'd, last. Yeah, it'd be cooler to be in the grandstands at eighteen if like the guy that's sitting in first place has a par and. Now the dude that's in second place has to birdie to push a playoff, right? And then yeah, that's exciting. But when you watch, but but literally by hole ten, you're like, oh, I'm know. going to watch my favorite player probably. Yeah, because it's like, okay, cool, I, congratulations, Isaac. Like, but I'm gonna now I know you won. I'm probably gonna go watch Simon, or I'm gonna go watch another card right. somewhere that's probably still playing. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and be like. I, I, that's that's one of the things I have an issue with, like other podcasts and shows. They always be like, and in it, after the heels of an exciting major, fuck no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't exciting <clears throat> at all. It wasn't. It was cool that it was the first major of the year. The course was fun. I liked the course, the course cool. because course was well maintained. you actually got to see players shape shots. I liked the changes. Um, it was cool to see Conrad up there most of the week or weekend. Yeah. He was throwing some pretty good shots. His it was cool to see people though. like Silas Schultz making a name for himself, being on lead card two days in I'm a row. I'm going to sound real dumb to the disc golf world out there. Is there a relation? To Barry? Barry? No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. I, I mean, yeah, go ahead and Google it, but I'm pretty sure it's, I mean, Schultz is a pretty, I mean, is there a relation to Andrew Schultz, the comedian? I have no idea, you know? Could just be a name. But it was cool to just, like see him making a run. Mason Ford, you know, having a good showing for mint discs. Came up, 
uh, made lead card for yeah. the final day. But all in all, like I, I didn't have any stakes in it. It was just like I knew what was, especially, I mean, FPO, we already knew Christian was going to win. But it was also a lot more interesting last year when Paige won because Kristen was in the lead and then blew it. So it's obviously her lead wasn't as strong as it was this year. You know, we already knew she was going to win. We we're just like, eh, it could be by a stroke or two. Maybe someone starts making a run. Nobody, nobody gave it a chance. Nobody even had a shot. When you have 14 strokes on the person in second place, which is Owen Scoggins, good for her for taking second at a major, but no one's going to remember second at a major come Champions Cup last year, you know? No one's going there and defending their silver, you know, their second-place title. No one cares. Yeah, I can't find any. I'm pretty sure there's no relation. I, would, I think I would have heard about that, especially on coverage. They would have brought that up for sure if a relative of Barry Schultz. Maybe not, though, and that was kind of my thought, was like maybe he doesn't necessarily want that. I necessarily wouldn't. Like if I was trying to make a name and, you know, pave a path for myself in a similar lane than one of my family members who was a great, you know, Hall of Famer at Mm. the sport, I wouldn't necessarily want to like live in that shadow. That's fair. I mean, I want to be like, no, let me do my own thing. Like, I don't want to be, you know, someone would have brought it up at some point though. Yeah. You know, even on Twitter. Some random Joe Schmo. I didn't see anything about it. So yeah, I saw a comment from Silas though that said he is he's throwing the disc the exact same that he did last year. He's just making putts, right? And that like <clears throat> that's all it takes. Yeah, make putts. Um, yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, Isaac Robinson, great putter. You know who we didn't get to see pretty who? much any of after day one? Who? Paul Macbeth. Yeah, yeah he kind of sucked it up. He kind of stunk it up out there, dude. So 15th. Oh, I mean, whatever. Someone has to get it. doesn't matter. I just I, wanted to see it for the story. I knew he's not playing. Like, I know he's not playing well this year. He'll say he's not playing well this year. But, it, I mean. Go on. You can talk shit. It's all good. I don't. It's not that I necessarily want to talk shit. I'm just saying, like, here's the question that I was going to propose to you. Yes, sir. Are we seeing the yes. official? Yes. Okay. I know what you're going to ask. And we are. We definitely are. I mean. To the viewer, the listeners out there, my question is, are we seeing the official decline of Paul Macbeth? I think so. He's 33, you know, and obviously disc golf is a young man's game. I think that tracks with what we're seeing in Paige Pierce as well. She's also injured. I didn't know about that when yeah, I made, when I made that choice. Doctor recommended not yeah. to play the tournament. Once I heard did. that, I'm like, mm, there goes my pick. Because yeah. I picked her for second. I picked her for third. Yeah, so, so I was like, shoot. Um, she started off all right. <clears throat> that putter thing has been hurting her, though. Well, I mean, when you have a, what was it, tendonitis in the shoulder and the elbow, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to throw or putt. And once I learned that, I was like, well, throw this one away. Yeah, but I mean, the greatest kudos for her for wanting to get out there and at least give it a shot to defend her title to see what happened. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't even think it was give like defending the title. It was just like, no, this is the first major of the year and I don't give a fuck if I lose. I'm still going to play it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine she's probably going to take some weeks off now. She oh, has to. Yeah, I don't think she'll play Jonesboro. Yeah, we might not see her until. What is it? June is European Open. Mm hmm. 
Oh, well, technically European Open starts here in the next couple of weeks, right? Well, that's the Euro Tour, but the yeah, major Euro European Tour. Open. Oh, uh, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, What is that? So June? June. May? Yeah, take the month of May off. Yeah, and then June compete at the European Open. Ledgestone is like very shortly after Euro Tour or Euro, the Euro Open. Yeah, usually it's D-Glow right afterwards, but since D-Glow is a playoff event this year, it got moved. Dude, that thing filled up so quick. Did it? Yep. <laughs> I tried. I really tried, y'all. Um, but hopefully going to go vlog it, do some some media. Covers. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. I, I have a buddy who has a cabin down there. It's like 20 minutes from the course. so Sick. But anyways. That being said, speaking of picks, um, shout out Kristen Tatar. Dominant performance. Like, oh, Yeah, we never really expanded on the decline of Macbeth, but. We go, we'll talk no, about we'll, it after. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that. We're 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 all over the pl- place. Plenty, yeah. This is a eighty DG. This is a throwing spaghetti at the wall type of show today, y'all. Yeah, um, cupcakes. But shout out Kristen Tatar. She did a great job. Yeah, um, shout out she own Scogans, bro. Scogans, Scoggins. There it is. Own Doggins. Yeah, she's a dog. Um, second place. Yeah, tied second place. Shout out. Great job. Um, Shout out Haley King for having a good showing. Yeah. The only thing with Haley King, though, is like you could tell that something was just still slightly off and it wasn't injury or physical related. It almost seemed like mental. Oh, that's always been her game. Like she's just trying to she was trying to just find that. Yeah. Confidence level. And it just wasn't there. Yeah, no, that's kind of always been her thing. She's always done well and then mentally breaks down, and that's what usually ends up costing her a tournament. But she's, I mean, she's won in the past. So Yeah, she won throw pink last year, right? Uh, No, Katrina Allen won throw pink last year. You're correct. Uh, She she was off most of the tour last year. She left throw pink early. Yes. I remember that because of the injury. Yes. That's why I remember her. Yeah. So, I mean... But with picks, uh, for our picks for points, um, just a recap of FPO. Um, granted, we both went with pretty much the, the sure thing for our number one pick with yeah. Kristen. So we got three points each for that. Um, I got a half point for my Dark Horse pick, which was Haley King. Correct. And I got another point in FPO, but I'm trying to remember. I think it was my third pick. Or No. Because you had Katrina Allen. Yes. She tied for third. Yes. And I picked her for second. Yes. So I got a point for Katrina Allen. So I got four points for FPO. Luke walks away with three and a half points. Where does that put us currently? You were at 20. I was at 17. Yep. So that puts me at 20 and a half. And that puts you at 24. Cool, cool. And then... MPO. MPO gets interesting because... Every single one of us, JMO included, shout out to JMO, um, came up with pretty big goose eggs for pretty all three of our one, two, and three picks. Big goose eggs. Not a single one of us got even one in the top three. Yeah. Um, terrible. Terrible. We Dark Horse it. picks, though. Dark Horse picks. Um, JMO kind of flopped on that one. Sorry, JMO. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually picked Ezra Robinson. Isaac Robinson. Isaac Robinson, sorry. 
There's too many E's. Yeah, I get you. Isas and E's and Robinsons's. Ezas. And just, yeah, just all the thin Thinsons's things. Yeah. Anyway, Ezra, Isaac Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Robinson. You picked him as your dark horse pick, and he ended up just completely demolishing the field. Five strokes. Um, so you got a half point for that. So that actually brings your total to four. So you puts me at twenty one points. Twenty one points, and I picked Nicholas Antella for my dark horse pick, who got me a half point because he tied for second with Mister Eagle McMahon. Shout out Eagle! Great yeah, showing. shout out Eagle! Great showing, actually. Like he played really well. Um. Some forehands. We're seeing the forehands again, bro. Seen a couple. Definitely seen a couple. Shorter, like little chip ups, but he was definitely relying on the turnover more. But even having that, like even having the little short chip forehand, being able to kind of bring that back into the repertoire um, is a great thing to have because I'm telling you what, pre me even having that short little chip hop, chip shot forehand last Mm -hmm. year atrocious some of the times <laughs> i would go out and try to play in tournaments and i'd be like oh my god what am i supposed to do here all right like what do i do so what do i do at crystalia what do i do dad um <laughs> i got weird anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah great job from just all around field i think but you said like it was i think we both can agree that it was a tad but you could say it was Boring. I wouldn't even call it boring. I would call it I would. lackluster. I would call it boring as shit. I would call it lackluster. I thought it was boring. Like I'm watching it and I'm just like, okay. Well. We can even add the as shit after the lackluster. Lackluster as shit. Lackluster as shit. I mean, fair. I just thought it was boring. We're putting that on a shirt and we're selling it. Lackluster as shit. Lackluster as shit. I'll get online tonight and design it. Yes. Yes. Co-design, dropping merch. First merch ever, lackluster, <laughs> lackluster shit, is shit. Um, that's yeah, that's our new tagline. Lackluster, yeah, is lackluster shit. Is shit, bro. <laughs> um, you had something you wanted to bring up. Well, that was we're we're we kind of dabbled in it slightly. Oh, it did um, we? Yeah, kind of the the Paul Macbeth question. Oh, perfect. Let's get yeah, into it. That that was really my question, and and like I said, it could turn into a debate, but I don't necessarily. I think that it's going to go that route because. I agreed with you. You agree with me in terms of like, because I don't think Paul Macbeth is like a bad player by any means. I don't think that he's like washed up or anything like that. But I just don't. And this is going to be my argument, and I say this to you all the time. Paul Macbeth is like stuck in where he is in the world of disc golf. Mm -hmm. And I think disc golf is trying to continue to grow and move forward from like the technology standpoint the disc you can probably hear this i'm tightening up my my shit got loose um from that standpoint definitely hear that they can definitely hear that we're getting so many unsubscribes from that one sound (laughs) that's fine um yeah i just think that with the way that the game is continuing to grow and progress that he is mildly getting left behind st- stubbornly. I would say, I mean, well, I also Paul's level when Paul was Paul, like 
when he was McBeast was leaps and bounds higher than his level is right now. 100%. I, but it was also leaps and bounds ahead of everybody Everyone else, else except maybe one or two people. Right. But, like, when Paul was on the course, I mean, he, he Grand Slam 2015. He won all the majors in 2015. Like, he, no matter where he was, he was making that putt. Like, it was, it doesn't matter if it was 70 or 7. You know, you knew that that putt was going in. And now, I mean, he'll even admit that he's not putting like he used to, you know. And you don't know if that putt's going in. You know, so it, it's not a, it's not like a thing where he's at the same level he was, and now the 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 field has just gotten so much better that he's getting left behind. He's physically not playing the same as he used to. So and, and, and that comes with age. You, I mean, oh shit, fucking Dave Felberg. Is it playing beep, like beep, Dave beep, Felberg? Beep, 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 oh, do we have beep, breaking beep, beep, news? Beep, beep, beep. Breaking news. We have an active speak pipe sent from JMO himself right now. Sent. I'm going to pull it up and play it into my mic. Hopefully, it does not sound absolutely atrocious. We will see. What what good timing, JMO? Forty three seconds, y'all. Here we go. All right, here I am, and I am here to say that my picks All were picks. poop. Everyone's picks were poop, <laughs> except for Derek taking Nicholas Antilla. Good job there, bud. And also, you are very welcome, Luke, for the Haley King. <laughs> Should have kept that one, but very welcome. You went and picked Hannah Wynn. While we're at it, let's give a big shout out. Tom and James Conrad wearing those crispy low-cut forces during the tournament. I think they're, what, I think they're great. Nike SPs. Is that it? At 43 seconds? There'll be more. I'm sure he'll give us more. Yeah, that was it, y'all. Um, hopefully that didn't sound like complete ass. I apologize if it did. Um, we will come up with a better system to receive the speak pipes and actively play them through the well, system. Well, JMO, if you're listening, I know you are. Well, I could probably Bluetooth that though, couldn't I? Uh, if yeah, we wanted to. It, usually, now, I, usually I pull like them and the throw future, them up on here. To play. But I'm saying like in the future, if we ever wanted to get yes, one JMO, like while we're recording or something like that, yeah. it would be easy enough for me to just like Bluetooth us or even have me be Bluetooth throughout the show just to be safe, right. to pull it up and play it through that way. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, back to the Paul McBeth thing. So, you could, uh, you take any player that was dominant back in the day. You, I mean, fuck, you could even take Climo. Like, if he was still playing, it's not like he'd be playing at the level that he used to, you know. For the first time ever, Simon Lozada's ranked higher than Paul McBeth in the U-Disc yeah. player rankings. So, Oh, no, excuse me, not U-Disc, Statmando. Statmando. So there's some issue I take with that only because, like... Outside of winning the world championship, and this is a genuine question to you as a, a person who loves disc golf, mm -hmm. let's take just the last two seasons. 
Okay. Pure two seasons. Yes. Do I think and partially stand with the argument, you know, like that our, our best friend Scott Stokely made Paul Macbeth won the world championship. He's the best in the world until the next world championship. Mm -hmm. I stand with that into some aspect, but if I take like the rankings aren't just about like that one weekend last year, right? Yeah. It's about an accumulative of a certain set period of time of stats and let's just look at the last two years from a statistical perspective. Simon Lazat has played better than Paul Macbeth. Yes. It, it, I guess it really depends on like your length of years. If you just take the two years yet, yeah, but if yes, you, yes, if you go back pre 2019. Oh, absolutely. Then that, that whole narrative. I also changes. think that back then, and I'm not trying to make any arguments to say that, like take anything away from Paul, all I'm saying is, and Simon Lazat will openly say this, mm-hmm. back then, he, he was not approaching the game oh, yeah. in the same mentality sure. of how he approaches the game now. Like that back then, when Paul Macbeth was winning majors and McBeasting out on everybody, mm-hmm. he was just trying to find the coolest, furthest, longest shot right, that yeah. he could throw. And, you know, that was great. And that's why we love Simon. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't take that away from Paul or take that away from Simon at all. I just mean... I just look at the last two years because that's really like a majority of my disc golf in depth yeah. from the analytical standpoint, like looking at stats like, oh, C1 percentage was this, right. oh, fairway percentage hit was this, that type of stuff. The last two seasons, statistically, Simon Lazat has played a lot better than Paul Macbeth yeah. from just stats yeah. and wins minus like the magnitude of the win, I guess. Because mm-hmm. like I would equate... Paul Macbeth's world title to like all four of Simon's wins last year. Like they would equal each other in my opinion. Right. Simon's the one with a win this year. And that's where I kind of like lean into that. Thus far, yeah. Going into that stat of being like, I don't necessarily agree with it a hundred percent, but I don't disagree that Simon should be ranked higher currently than Paul Macbeth. I, I will pose this question to you. So I think that Paul actually has a really good chance of winning Worlds this year, and I'll tell you why. So he's going to Europe, like, I think currently. Yeah. I think he was off to Europe after the major to start playing in that, which I think starts next week or the week after. Yeah, Yeah. the Euro Tour. So if you know anything about European disc golf, it's much, a lot of it is much like how it is at the Beast where it's wooded but open, usually grassy fairways, but but fairly wooded where you still have the shape shots. You know, now the beast has some more open shots than typical European disc golf, but it, it's that. I love that course. Yeah. Now, Smugs and and Brewster, Brewster's a bit more wooded, I believe. Uh much of the same. It's wooded but open fairways. Now, you're going to have Jonesboro coming up next, open. And you have like OTB open, open. You have the preserve, open. Paul is going to be playing European style of courses for the next several weekends in a row. That's true. And European open. So he's going to have a lot more 
practice on those style courses and those style courses alone. And then he gets to go to Smugs where he's like, I've been doing this for half my year anyway. I think he has probably the best chance of winning Worlds this year. Now, if he wins Worlds, how many wins does Simon have to get, according to your your equation, for Simon to have the better season? Because now you can't compare if because they're not even going to be playing in the same tour. If you could compare into some aspect because get, d- directly from a viable source, Euro disc golf is every bit of pro tour disc golf here. Mm-hmm. If not better in some places, like there's 17 year old kids that can throw 700 right. foot forehands, like nobody's business over yeah. there. So like the level of play I think is comparable. I just think like we, we've talked about, until now with the Euro tour, there's not been so much exposure from a spotlight level to be able to be like, okay, cool. There are 12 people over there that are shooting 35 down, like an Isaac Robinson. Um, yes, I got it right. Yes. Um, <laughs> as an example, Oh snap. There's like 12 people over there that are shooting that. Like we don't know that because Right, we yeah. haven't had that exposure to them over there. We're going to see that this year. Mm-hmm. And for all we know, like Paul Macbeth may have like some fighting to do. Yeah. To, I, I don't to, think to he's going to be able to go no, there I don't and think walk it off. No, I don't think so means. either. I just meant like, for all we know, there could be the Isaac Robinson's Ezra Adderholds, Anthony Barella's, mm-hmm. the, you know, the we're, we're seeing them come here like Nicholas Antela, Jacob Semerad, um, Vino Makala, all of these guys, uh, Kristen Tatar, mm. we're seeing them come here and seeing how dominant that small base of players is. Right. Unlimited potential for what we're about to see when the spotlight gets put on the large group of yeah. the, you know, Finland and all of these places. Um, I would have to say, and just to get back to answering your question, I apologize. Mm-hmm. If Paul Macbeth and this is real hypothetical here. If Paul Macbeth didn't win an ent- single tournament except the world championship, mm-hmm. I would have to see Simon Lazat at least get two more standard t- pro tour wins mm-hmm. and secure one major for it to be considered a comparable season to Paul Macbeth winning the world championship. Because I think Simon Lazat securing a major, mm-hmm. like you kind of said. Yeah, last that would week. absolutely put. It's a it's the story. It's a done deal. Yeah, you know it's that's yeah. like you said last week. It's the story. Like, oh, dude is thirty now, has a kid, mm-hmm. change sponsors, all these different storylines lead into that, and then he catches his first major win, his first season with a new company. That in itself would be like cool, Simon. Like you, right. good on you, mate. Um, I have, Paul winning another world championship is great and it's like an amazing accomplishment and it's not me shrugging that off but yeah, it's more like seven world okay, titles cool, Paul, nothing like, to shake a stick can, you, can you give it to somebody else already bro? like that type right. of thing you know um but like i said i don't hate on paul i really don't i think he's a great disc golfer um i was just i was kind of bummed to like not not really see any of him after day one it right. was like okay, he did cool. go uh second or third round he did go a 10 down which was a respectable score because I think the most anyone went out there was 12 down over the weekend. Yeah, and the, his, that was the winner. Yeah, but his other scores were, you know, 
six down, five down, not enough to like keep the, making a push. Ten down is a hundred percent a respectable score because that's what essentially put Eagle McMahon to tie second place in, in the final day was right. ten down. And that even Isaac Robinson didn't score double digits in day four. Right. So So I got two points on this whole Macbeth thing. And I'll go back to him competing on the Euro tour that there's one thing that we are not taking into effect. And it was, it's what I would call the Macbeth factor. And I, I explain it like this. Imagine if you, you traveled around Michigan, right? Just playing a tiers, pretend that there was enough in Michigan that you could travel around Michigan, just playing a tiers. Okay. And you're seeing the same guys day in and day out, right? And then Macbeth shows up at your A tier, and now you're battling against Macbeth. No matter what your skill level is, that's going to be in your head. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to be able to walk it off in Europe, but I do think that is going to be a factor where you get these guys that have only, let's let's face it, probably idolized Paul Macbeth from afar living in Europe. Like, they before disc golf was televised as heavily as it is you still knew who paul Macbeth was because of his name you know five world championships four world championships whether you threw a nova or you threw discraft yeah you knew who paul Macbeth. and now was. he's on lead card and you're going oh shit that's paul Macbeth." like it's gonna be in your head second thing to paul Macbeth, and i don't i guess i don't know this for sure but you i think you can kind of track the stats so i think covid and the tour shutting down really put into Paul's head like I need to start doing more and I need to start doing it now I yeah I need to start getting into disc golf related things that are not related to me winning championships correct because 2019 he he won a handful of tour events and won worlds yeah on his first year at discraft 2020 shuts down at Waco where he was making a run for the win at Waco. Colton Montgomery ended up winning because they canceled the third round. So they're don't, like, don't, don't, don't take it away from Colton. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, but to say that if there was a third round and Macbeth was pushing the way he was pushing round two, that it would, it, it definitely, could it, have changed it could, the it definitely sure. could have changed it. And then the tour shuts down. And I mean, you ask any touring pro that was on tour that year, they're like, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. You know, people's like, I, I plan all year to make this money on tour. And now we just don't get to do that. Now he already had his million dollar deal at that point. He wasn't hurting for money, but he, if you don't know when a tour is going to start back up, if it's going to start back up, you're kind of like shitting bricks. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? Back again. Shout out Chris D'Elia. What do I, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. What do I do? So he starts the Paul Macbeth Foundation, at least starts laying the groundwork for it. And, you know, all this other stuff, course design things out in Virginia, all this other things where he could leave his mark on the disc golf world without just being the guy that... Montenegro. Yeah. Without just being the guy that won all these world titles. Because, and I think he didn't want his name to become Ken Climo's name. And the fact that when, I don't know if they're still like this, but you would go 
because I don't know if they're still pl- printing 11 times and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think so. When I, I just know this from experience. When I only knew Ken Climo's name because it was on a disc. I never seen him play. I didn't know who he was. Right. But I'd see 11 time, you know, T-Birds or whatever. world champion. Yeah. Ken Climo. And you're like, like, who is that? That's cool. But fast forward to today, are they still printing 11 time T-Birds? And if that's the case, kids getting into the sport today won't see Ken Climo's name on a disc. So Ken Climo kind of disappears from history the longer he's not in the disc golf community. Right. And I, I don't think Paul wanted his name to disappear like that, whether you call that, you know, an ego thing or not. But he, I feel like he's like, I help build disc golf in a way with my legacy. I can't, I don't think I can stand to watch my legacy just be wiped away once my name stops being printed on discs, you know? Now, I mean, six world titles, his he's kind of i would i would i mean he's not part owner but you would think that he has a certain sway in discraft at this moment i don't think it's his name's going to stop being printed from disc in a while but that, i mean that stuff gets into someone's heads like once i can't play how do i make my money from disc golf and he starts branching out which takes more of his time which draws time away from playing and you know, aside from maybe world titles, does he even care about the other ones as much? You know, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, because you see him at like USDGC in just 2021, he really wanted it. You see him win his sixth world title last year, he really wanted it. But like, you see him win if he wins any other tour event this year. I don't think he's going to be like, man, I really wanted this one. I think he'd just be like, I just played well enough to. To get the W. So is he is he declining? Sure. Everyone's going to. But also I think if he was able to dedicate all of his time like he used to, we wouldn't have be having this conversation right now. You know? Absolutely. <clears throat> and that's my little soapbox for the Paul Macbeth. Well, I figured it'd be a good segment because I was just real curious. I was like, man, like this is... It's, it, it felt weird not seeing Paul Macbeth even in, like, the top three cards right. for a major. I was like, wow, it's, I'm trying to pull up the... Uh, the Jonesboro? Yeah. I got it. But see, I went to that, too. This one. Oh, wait, this is from last year. Yeah, and that's what I pulled up, and I was like, wait, that's not even the right one. All right. Well, 2023, I was like, why does it have scores already? All right, that's the AM side. Come on, guys. Come on. All right, I got it this time. No. Wait, do they not have an event page yet? Because it just keeps bringing me to 2022. I see Jonesboro open 2023. But this is like their page. This is also Amside. What the heck, guys? Because this says 2023. And then you go to PDGA event page. 
And it brings you to the 2022 results. Yep. Bro. Bad form. Wait, does this also have the 2022 results? Oh, okay. So I don't know. I guess I don't know who's playing now. Event website. Maybe I just have to look it up here. I tried. I tried. Wow. Right here. Elite. Players. MPO. Yeah, on disc golf scene you can yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah I was trying to find to the go. PDGA page. I just went to disc golf scene and looked it up. This doesn't give me like an order by any means, but. All right, well. I'll let you make your picks first since you actively have it pulled up and I gotta I gotta pull it up myself. Get these FPO picks up. Make this easy for everybody and I'm going Kristen Tatar. Number one for FPO. Alright, I got mine. Kristen Tatar won. Ella Hansen two. Haley King three. Mm. I like that. I, I mean, I have to go Kristen number one. Like, not even to try to get points. That's just the logical answer. I'm actually going to change my number three, but go ahead. I am going to go... Katrina Allen, too. And I... I think I'm going to go Hannah Bloomrose, three. Because Jonesboro is more open, and Hannah has a goddamn arm on her. Yeah, she does. So if she can hit some putts, I think think she could probably squeak up into that third position pretty quickly. I'm changing my three from Haley King to Cat March. Oh, yeah? Uh, I'll think I'll, I'll I'll keep my dark horse pick as Haley King again this this week. I think she's on a good trajectory. Um, my dark horse pick this week. Jessica Weiss. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. So Dark Horse for me is Jessica Weiss. I have Cat Merch at three, Ella Hansen at two, Kristen Tatar at one. So Jonesboro last year was the the site of T-Pad Gate, right? Where Calvin won it in a playoff against Paul. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that might sway my decision this week. Because hmm. if Paul got himself into a position last year... I mean, all that talk that we could have just had could be for Nye. Because, mind you, he didn't do great at Champions Cup last year either. Paul's not playing Jonesboro, though, is he? It says so here. I thought he'd be heading to Europe. Unless he just, his his tour card signs him up. And yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay. You want to start with the MPO? You want me to? 
You can you can start. Okay. Uh, three Ezra Aderhold. I like it. He didn't get to play Champions Champions Cup. I think he's gonna take that frustration and just put a move on some discs out in the open at Jonesboro. Two. This is where it gets hard. Do I want to go the obvious? I'll go two Gannon Burr. He he can throw. And I think honestly that might be why he didn't do all that good at the major. Is because he couldn't just let loose on the disc like he's been used to since the beginning of the season, basically. I'm not gonna pick Ivan Isaac Robinson. I I don't see him doing that great here. So who do I go? I gotta go Vinny first, I guess. Yeah, it just makes sense. That's what I'm, I'm. I'm gonna go Vinny. I think he holds. Um, yeah, I'm going Vinny one. What's your dark horse pick? Before I keep going, I'm sorry. I think I'm gonna go Drew Gibson as my dark horse pick. We haven't seen him much on tour. We just seen him in the woods. He didn't do that great, but this isn't the woods anymore. We're not no. in Kansas anymore. So, my first pick is Vinny. My second pick is Eagle McMahon. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. My third pick, actually, is Drew Gibson. Oh, you got Drew at number three? Yes. Uh, I promise you I made that decision before you picked him as your dark horse. That's fine. Um, and my, that, could, that could bite us both in the ass, so that's fine. My dark horse this week is going to be James Conrad. Dude, he was getting some distance out can, there even in the woods. Hit, dude, if he can start hitting that putter, bro. Because his shot shaping ability, yeah, he has like I've said this before on the podcast, like he has that secret distance, bro. Right, he can like juice a disc, like he can throw it as far as a lot of these dudes out here. Right, like for instance, a lot of people didn't realize this. On almost eighty percent, and the ones that I witnessed, rather, mm-hmm. so this is not an actual stat. This is more of like a visual stat. On 80% of the throws that I would witness where other players would be throwing a mid, mm-hmm. James Conrad was throwing an envy. Right, yeah. Like, he's throwing a three-speed when other people are throwing five speeds. And granted, tech, disc technology probably has something to do with that, you know, all that stuff. But still, having the ability to push a one or two speed tier disc slower Mm -hmm. as far and hit the same similar lines as some of the other people out there throwing mids. Right. Like that's dope to me. Yeah. Like that's awesome. So James Conrad is my, um, dark horse pick. So I got Finney Eagle, Drew Gibson, dark horse, James Conrad. I have Vinny Gannon, Ezra, and then Dark Horse is Drew Gibson. Perfect. Perfect. You want to you wanna, wanna get out of here? Yeah, we'll send it. Again, as always, and you know, I'm sure you guys are all sick of hearing this, check out that link tree in the description. Check out our, our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all the things, man. YouTube, we're definitely going to have some, some vlogs. I know I've said this. We've said this a bunch of times, but we're going to have some vlogs hitting. Um, check out our, our other amazing show with scott stokely outside the circle with scott stokely you can check that out on youtube as well Um, but other than that i hope everybody has an awesome day 
um, words of wisdom for this fine Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Lackluster as fuck. Bro. Lackluster as fuck, bro. Lackluster as fuck. Take us out, Luke. Bye. See ya. All right.